center and coming in is Loom. Hillendike centered it. Flames Talk with Pat Steinberg and Wes Gilbertson on Sportsnet 960 The Fan. All right, we are underway this hour from the Scotiabank Saddledome. It's Monday, September 25th. Wes Gilbertson, my name is Pat Steinberg, and welcome to the Sports Drive brought to you by Calgary Lock and Safe. Save $450 on the Braun EV5922 gun safe. Now just $1450 or explore the full line of safes at CalgaryLockandSafe.com. We're uh, coming at you from our Doug Lacey's Basement Systems Hot Stove Lounge on Apple, Spotify, Google, Amazon, and live right here on Sportsnet 960. The Fan Flames play their uh, second and third preseason games on Monday. The old three games and two nights for the Calgary Flames. Um, And it will be Jacob Pelche making his 2023 preseason debut. Pelche did not play in the 10-0 win over Vancouver on Sunday night. And a lot of people are excited about what Pelche could accomplish this year with the Flames because he was one of the more exciting in, in what was a really frustrating year. He was one of the bright spots, one of the more exciting stories of last year when he finally got into that game and played those 19 games and was a really, really, I think, he gave him a little bit of a shot in the arm. Was it 24 games? Yeah. I don't know why I keep saying 19. Um, he played in 24 games. And... Gave him a shot in the arm and gave him a really, they added a little bit of energy. And I still to this day disagree with him sitting for as long as he sat when the Flames were fighting for their playoff lives down the stretch there. I thought he could have added something that they really needed when Mm -hmm. they looked flat more often than not. I digress. A lot of people are pinning him onto this roster and even into the opening night lineup for the Calgary Flames. I'm one of those people, so I'm not uh, I'm not casting uh, casting any sideways glares here. I also am penning him into the lineup, but I say that in that he has to earn it. Still, that's still like they're they want him to earn it, and they're going to give him every opportunity to earn it. Yep. But um, yeah, there's a lot of excitement around the young man going into this season. Well, and, and I don't know where you were on this topic, but I had him penciled in last year coming out of training camp. And it didn't turn out that way. He had a rough training camp. He really did. Remember it, Mitch Love saying early on that he uh, was reading his own press clippings, remember? Absolutely. And, like, and you know, we're going to get further into this and, and we're going to hear from Jacob. But I think the value of those 24 preseason games, sorry, those 24 regular season games, as as he now moves into another training camp with the Flames is, there's a comfort level, and, and you're going to hear him talk about it in a, in a few minutes, that he knows the guys, that he feels like he can be himself around the guys, but you see it. I watched on the first day of on-ice sessions, I watched him get on the ice and proceed to tap about 12 different teammates on the shin pads. This was before they'd ever run a drill in the 23-24 season, and He's a guy who knows the value of that energy, and he's a guy who feels like now that everyone knows who he is, what he's about, the fact that you know maybe sometimes he's a little bit like your annoying little brother, <laughs> he, 
he feels like he can really take advantage of that yep. comfort level, and that starts tonight. I want to I want to play a little bit about a uh, l- little bit of his conversation with all of us from Monday morning because yeah, he was talking about just that. I'll, I'll even leave a little bit in near the end of it where uh, he cracks a joke that has been picked up uh, around the internet. Uh, he he does seem more at ease and more comfortable and more like himself, joking around and, and laughing and and you know whenever he comes off the ice, he says. Uh, no, not today. Not today. Not doing media today. I'm busy. I'm busy. It's a joke. He says it with a smile. Um, just, just listen to a little bit of Jacob Pelche talk about how comfortable he is, and then just listen a little bit more because you can really uh, get the vibe as to how comfortable he is. Excited. Uh, you know, I think feel more uh, like me, and um, yeah, just a. Uh, excited to play tonight how does that how does that translate on the ice when it feels more yourself what does that look like well it's more like if i'm more like me like off ice i think i'm gonna be like me on on ice so i think that's that's a big thing for me you know to be loose but you know to be good good to go for sure is that that just simply being having been here already and you feel more comfortable or yeah i think you know uh to know the guys uh to kind of you know know the rink, uh, the players, and stuff like like that. You know, the trainers and stuff. I think it's a, it's it's kind of a big thing. Yeah. How much more comfortable are you compared to being here a year ago? I think huge uh, compared to last year. Uh, I mean, it's huge. Uh, yeah, I'd say probably like I feel like a hundred percent as last year. Probably like a sixty percent. Why did you decide to change numbers, and did you have to ask anybody for permission for that number? I think it's easier for the coaches to kind of know the 22 to the 49, but uh, no, it's a joke, it's a joke, it's a joke. I'm just kidding, I'm just kidding. No, but uh, so Connie called me uh, this summer. Uh, it was a bad English, it was a bad English. No, so call, uh, Connie called me this summer. And he asked me, do you want to change your camp number? And I was like, yeah. And uh, 22 is a number I, I always wear when I was uh, young. And uh, my grandma loves it. So uh, when, uh, when he asked me, I was like, yeah, I'm sure uh, Lou won't, won't mind if, if I take his uh, 22 from last year. So, yeah. So that, that joke is funny. Okay, well, I was going to say, it, it is. It just took me. This is more because I'm in preseason form. It took me reading you tweet it and putting it in context for me to finally get it. I'm like, why is everybody laughing? I'm 22. Like, am I missing something? Is is he just calling, like, the coaching staff old because 22 is easier? Like, I was – everybody's laughing, and then you got it about five seconds later, Uh, and you start howling. I'm like, what's so funny? You had to go on Twitter and explain it, so please explain it. This is a very playful and yet just pointed enough – jab at Daryl Sutter for his what number is he yes whatever you'd call it after Jacob Pelche's NHL debut a year ago and good on Jacob Pelche who had to bite his tongue at the time he waited eight months I believe to get the last laugh on that and oh so good good (laughs) Jacob well done well done yep very well done and does he make that joke last year at any point? Of course he doesn't because Daryl was still his head coach. But just the at-ease-ness. Yeah. And, again, speaking in his second language, just the 
at easeness of everything and just the way that he was looking people in the eyes and smiling and, and everything was a little mischievous. And I, it just he's way more at ease. He's way more comfortable. And he talked about how he believes that that will, um, that that will help him on the ice and that will translate to even better play on the ice. And I thought he was very, very strong in uh, the only thing, as you mentioned last week, didn't produce a whole lot points wise, counting Mm -hmm. numbers wise, did not put a whole lot up on the score sheet, but I still thought he was really strong and, and did a lot of good things in his 24 games that he played last year. So if he can take a step on that and feeling more like himself off the ice can help with that, that's nothing but a good thing. Yeah, and I, I think in this case you take his word for it. I, I had a good chat with Jacob Pelche earlier this week, and if I can maybe plug the story quick, you know, up at the Post Media sites, Calgary Sun and Calgary Herald, I had a great chat with Jacob and with uh, former number 22 for the Flames, Craig Conroy, about Jacob's number switch. And then just looking at, at where Jacob might fit. And, and he talked about that comfort level, uh, about the positivity that he can bring and the enthusiasm. And the way he put it to me is that when you when you don't know the older guys, and I quote, he said, you don't want to be too much. And so he really just dialed back his personality in camp. He was the sort of fly on the wall, the you know rookie who would speak when spoken to, but wasn't cracking jokes. And and you now get the sense that Jacob Pelche feels like he belongs at the NHL level, yep. and it would certainly be a good thing for the Calgary Flames if that then translates into more productivity on the ice. A guy who can – because while I think we're penciling Jacob Pelche into the opening night lineup, I'm not sure we've decided where he fits in that lineup. So – he has to produce. He he talked to me a lot about how much he worked on his shot this summer. He switched the curve on his stick, which he thinks is going to give him a more dangerous shot. That's something that, his, you know, his shot has not been a weapon at the NHL level. He's trying to address that. And so if all these things can add up, if the comfort level and the work in the offseason and, and just – kind of seeing a role for himself if all that adds up to what the Calgary Flames think Jacob Pelche can be it's going to be a really nice package Wedley says Pat fail that joke was epic absolutely the joke was strong I just am not sharp enough to pick up on that well and there was a delay so uh, Jacob made that joke and there were some kind of chuckles I'm not sure if they weren't mostly brought on by the fact that he was smiling, like yep. you could tell a joke had been delivered. And I made eye contact with Eric Francis and it was like, it was like we got it at the same time. If you go back to the flames website and watch Jacob Pelche's interview about probably three to four seconds after that joke, you can hear Francis and I burst out laughing off the side. In fact, I think you can even hear me say, I just got that. Yeah. And oh, then you can. Jacob Pelche looks in our direction as if to acknowledge that he's happy the joke landed. It was just, hey, good comedic timing, a really good dose of laughter. But I also think sort of symbolic of that comfort level he does have. Obviously, no one was making fun of Daryl Sutter last year, no matter how comfortable you were. (laughs) Yeah. But 
the fact that Jacob Pelche was willing to stand in a group of reporters and crack that joke today, yep. I do think it's symbolic of that sense of belonging. Jeff says, uh, OMG, that was the first time I heard Jacob's interview. Amazing and hilarious go Flames. I was, again, I was like, huh, I, I, I don't quite get that one. And then once it was explained to me in painstaking detail because – that's how dense I was this morning. I was like, oh, actually, that's, that's actually really funny. Well done, Jacob. And and I, I think that we're talking about if if all goes according to plan, I think we're talking about Pelche as an everyday NHLer this year and a guy that can add a little secondary offense to this team. I think best case scenario for the year is that we're talking about Peltier as a middle six winger on this team mm-hmm. that, that can that can get you, you know, 10, 15 goals and, and pop a 20, 25 assists, something like that. If you could get 35, 40 points out of Jacob Peltier this year, I think you're really happy about his first full year in the NHL because even when they drafted him, they weren't drafting him to be a high-end NHL scorer. They were drafting him to be a guy that they believed was absolutely going to play and be a really strong two-way middle six winger. Yeah. And and that, that, I think, is something that we could see from him as early as this season. For instance, if they wanted to try Andrew Mangiapane on a line with uh, Lindholm and Huberdeau, I think Pelche would fit like a glove playing with Coleman and Backlund. And there are other areas that I think he could work very, very well in as well. Yeah, and when you when you do the math, when you crunch the numbers, there's only one top nine spot really available. As long as there's not injuries or, or something unforeseen, there's really one spot in the top nine available. And Jacob Pelche, Matt Coronado, and Adam Rizicka are probably the front runners to grab that spot. I, I would imagine Jacob Pelche starts on a new look fourth line for the Calgary Flames, but I'm really, and and maybe you know the answer to this, I'm really curious to see him starting tonight, who he plays with. I I imagine he's uh, lining up across from Walker Dewar because we've seen them paired together in practices, but because of the shuffle with a split squad, those guys have been skating with Connor Zary. We know he's in Seattle tonight, so I'm not sure exactly what sort of trio Jacob Pelche lines up on, but for a guy who has admitted that he was underwhelming in the preseason a year ago, he even felt the same way about his first pro season two years ago. I'm really curious to see if he can take that next step and, and leave no doubt, as he talked to me about a few days ago, that he belongs in the NHL, that he can't be sent back to the Wranglers for a third season. Yep. I, uh, I'm looking forward to seeing how the rest of this camp goes for Jacob Pelche. Um, he, he's a guy, like, he's so easy to root for. Yep. Even looking at the reaction to the joke today, and, you know, I, I know taking a, an overdue shot at Daryl with the, the shot that he absorbed eight months ago, people were, you know, were proud of him for taking that swing. But yep. he's an easy guy to root for. You see the smile on his face. You see you know, the energy he brings. You see him hugging his teammates on the bench. Like, this city is ready to rally around Jacob Pelche without a doubt. This says, Peltz landed the best joke of 2023 A.D. after Daryl. I like that. A.D., the uh, after Daryl era of the Calgary Flames. is uh, That's that's what this texture is coined. The other, the other guy we're going to see a lot of 
in the home game that Calgary plays Monday night against Seattle is Dustin Wolf. Uh, I, I, he's going to get the start. We're thinking he's going to go the whole way. Vladar's going to play in Seattle and probably going to get a good chunk of that game against the Kraken on the road. But on the Wolf front, I'm just curious as to where you actually are on this because we had a good conversation about it last week. But I'm just curious as to where you, you're actually standing on the whole thing. Do you honestly think he can force his way on and I'm not and I'm not saying this in a skeptical like do you honestly think but like do you honestly believe that Wolf has the ability to force his way into the number 2 role in training camp and the preseason is there enough time do they have enough runway for Wolf to displace Vladar as the 2 immediately can we start with Ryan Huska, because I think my opinion might have changed based okay. on what the head coach said today. This was uh, Ryan Huska uh, asked a couple of questions about Dustin Wolf and the utilization of Wolf and his goaltenders this morning. Like anything, you want competition, um, and that's for, for Jacob, that's for Vladdy, it's for Dustin, and even Oscar last night when he came in, he did a very good job coming into the game. Um, I, I think having a younger guy that's let's be honest, is ready to play, um, whether or not he starts up in the NHL or however that shakes out or if he plays another year in the minors. Um, people know that he's a really good goaltender, so he's going to get opportunity to try to win a spot, and you have to go at it that way. Now, he's got a tall task in front of him for sure because the guys that we have, I think, are are both capable of, of being starters. We know Jacob is. I think Vladdy is as well. Um, so it's a tall task, no doubt. But he's at the level now where what more does he have to prove at the American League level? He has to show it here. So giving him exhibition games, giving him a chance to play, not just a period or two, um, he's going to play um, games. And that's what we're looking for out of him. And then see what he can do at this level. As we get into these, the one thing I will say about Wolfie, last year I thought he did an awesome job in the came, game that he came in. Um, but I would also say that was an American Hockey League team that we saw when he played. So once he gets further and further into the exhibition season, you're going to get better shooters. Like some of the guys that are coming here tonight, um, if they get chances to shoot a puck, they're dangerous, like really dangerous. So um, this will be a great test for him, and I'm expecting him to rise to that challenge. He told us last week he's just he, he wants to play like that. He, he said it doesn't matter if it's in the AHL or the NHL. Yeah. Playing games is a priority for him. Seems the same for you, but where is that balance? Um, the, the balance is playing. So we have three guys. It really is the way I look at it. And I, I shouldn't say three when you have a guy that's capable like Oscar is as well. Um, so if, if, if our guys are going really well here, which is our, our expectation, he may have to play a lot of games in the American Hockey League, which is fine. Um, it's not going to hurt him. It's, you talk about goaltenders, defensemen. They need a little bit more time to mature before they get thrown into the fire. So it's not a bad thing. And um, it's one of the positions that we feel we have a ton of depth in and we feel really fortunate in that category. And we're going to get him as many games as we can possibly get him, whether it's in the American League or some games up here. Sure made it sound like Dustin Wolf is ticketed to spend a good chunk of this season with the Calgary Wranglers, didn't it? Right at the end, uh, it was either the end of the the second question that he answered or the first one where he yeah. basically said, if we can get him some games up here. And I do think he's going to play NHL games, even with all three guys on the roster. I do believe that to be the case. Yeah. 
I just don't know if it's going to be a lot. I don't mm-hmm. think we're going to be talking about 30 times they bring him up from the American League. I do think they have a plan and some different um, iterations of that plan. Yeah. But for now, it's still Vladar and, and Markstrom that they are looking at as their one and two. So I just – that's why I asked the question. Does, does Dustin – Without a trade being made, does yeah. Dustin have enough runway in this preseason and training camp to completely displace or overtake? You know what I'm saying? Because yeah. I think I think for the time being, Ty goes to the veteran. Yeah, I, and I I'd just be repeating myself. You know, loyal listeners know where I stand on this topic, which is that if Dustin Wolf proves he's ready to be in the NHL, I think the Calgary Flames need to clear a spot for him. But to hear, and, and I don't just want to get caught up on one sentence that Ryan Huska said today because he was very complimentary and for good reason of Dustin yeah, Wolf. Yeah, absolutely. But to hear him say, if our other two guys are going, Dustin Wolf is going to be playing a lot in the minors, just sort of cements what we know the plan is at this point. Well, and, and, and he does need to play. Yeah, they he don't does. want him languishing as a three, barely getting practicing, yep. uh, practicing time, and not getting a lot of game action. No, absolutely. And you know, Dustin Wolf, the the chip that he's carried on his shoulder since his draft day, is going to do everything he can to change their mind, and that starts with his preseason start tonight against the Seattle Kraken here at the Saddle Dome. That goes for any exhibition he plays. That that goes for any NHL start he's yep. called up for. And I believe the same that you do, that they have a plan to get him some NHL opportunities, even if there are the other two guys on the roster. But I also think that because of what Dustin Wolf said, you know, I don't want it to get misconstrued as Dustin Wolf's happy to go back and play games with the Wranglers. We're talking about a guy who has won the AHL's Goalie of the Year award two times already, who just won league MVP, who makes 11 times more salary when he's in the NHL than he does in the American Hockey League. That's not insignificant. Right, and so to expect him to just kind of say, ah, it is what it is, I'll be back with the Wranglers, you know he's going to put up a fight. I, and I don't say that in the sense of he's going to be a, a sour teammate or miserable in the dressing room, but you know that Dustin Wolf is going to use these opportunities to try and make a case that, hey, guys, I'm ready and it's time to make a move. And it's not a bad problem to have. It really isn't. Like having having guys that you're confident in and having three goaltenders that you believe can win you NHL games and having a situation where you believe you're very deep in net, like that's a good thing. It just always has the worry or or potential of going a little off the rails. That's all. And and that's why I'm so con- that's why I'm so interested and and I'm going to be watching so closely how this team decides to manage it and how they manage it as the year goes along and all of what goes into it. Um because he is a really good player and he is maybe their number one prospect. You could make arguments for Coronado or Hanzek or a few other names, but Dustin Wolf is in that conversation too 
as their number one prospect, and you don't want to you, you want to handle it the right way. And so that's why I'm really curious about how they manage as the year goes along. Because not only do they want to manage having three goaltenders and where you play and where all of that type of stuff, but you also want to make sure you're managing it so you're not having anybody unhappy or souring or anything like that. And that's what becomes really fascinating to me. Yeah, absolutely. This this one has the potential to be delicate. And maybe based on the way one or two of them perform, maybe maybe it doesn't turn out that way to start the season, but you know, this this is one that I just I'm not sure how far they can kick this decision downfield before they're forced to pick a second yep. guy. Yep. Uh, a couple of texts. This says, please, please, please don't start the season with three goalies again. Just freaking give your number one prospect the chance to be the backup already. Uh, and this says, is there a Matthew Phillips risk not playing Wolf? Um, I don't worry about Wolf souring. I don't worry about Wolf himself individually um, kind of getting frustrated and, and letting it get the best of him. And and if I'm understanding the question right, there, he's not getting walked to unrestricted free agency without a certain number of appearances this season. There's no yeah, he's, he's not, no concern yeah, yeah, there. Yeah, 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 he's more so, I think, down the road is it – uh, is it a chance that maybe he does whenever he becomes um, unrestricted that maybe he walks away or something like that? But he will be restricted next year, and, and he remains Flames' property for quite some time. So there's not quite that worry. Um, but, yeah, I, I I get the frustration in a lot of ways, but until they make a trade, there's not much you can do because – I don't think putting Vladar on waivers makes a lot of sense. I don't think losing a guy for nothing makes a lot of sense. So they, they, they've got an interesting uh, animal to manage here. And the only thing I'd add, and it's going to sound like I'm disagreeing with you, and I'm not, I'm just adding, I don't think if Dustin Wolf proves to be one of your top two goaltenders in camp, sending him back to the minors makes much sense either. I know, and that's why it's such a bizarre situation right. they find themselves in yeah. uh, with this goaltending situation. Wes and Pat along with you this hour of Flames Talk well underway. We're coming at you from our Doug Lacey's Basement Systems Hot Stove Lounge here at the Dome. Cracked foundation, Boeing foundation walls. They've got a simple permanent solution to stabilize your foundation. Contact Basement Systems. They're all things basement -y. Visit dlbasementsystems.com. Talking your team right now. Flames Talk is on Sportsnet 960 The Fan. All right, Pat Steinberg, Wes Gilbertson from the Saddle Dome. As we continue on this Monday, it's time to go inside hockey for Calgary Co-op. This hockey season, support local, find your all-time classics, and locally brewed beers. Visit your local Calgary Co-op wine, spirits, beer today. And inside hockey, we're uh, saying hello to former Flames defenseman Michael Stone. And now into his first season as a member of the Calgary Flames development staff and wanted to dive in on a few things about just that with Michael Stone, who joins us right now. Mike, appreciate this. How are we doing today? I'm good. How are you? Doing well. Doing well. I appreciate the time. I know you're making your way down for game day. And, and the last time that we spoke on, on this show was the day that you announced your retirement and the day that you were announced as a member of the Flames development squad. I just uh, how, how have things been since then? How have the last number of months gone for you? Pretty good, yeah. I feel like I'm uh, still, still learning, obviously, but I'm getting more and more comfortable every day. So, um, 
and, and have a lot of fun with it. So it's been good. How so? This is now your first training camp in the NHL in in a new role. What's what has training camp been like this time around for you? Longer days, <laughs> to be honest with you. Um, usually, you're in one group for the first little bit, and then you know you you do your on ice session, you do your off ice session, and then you go home. I'm watching the first two sessions, and I'm on the ice with the third session, and it's just been you know you get get to the rink early and you leave later than everybody. I mean, yeah. not me personally, but just uh, like those coaching staff that are in it for uh, the season, they're there a long time. So I'm not quite at that point, but it's, uh, it's longer days for sure. We, uh, I, it was, I think it was, it was yesterday on Sunday. Uh, you, you were out on the ice with, with Jacob too. You, you, you were, uh, you were taking those shots instead of barbs to, to warm them up on <laughs> yeah. Sunday morning. Yeah, that was uh, – I Barb's had asked me to do that for all three sessions, so I'm more than happy to do that. I uh, I can still shoot. I haven't lost that yet. Harder harder shot than Barb's? <laughs> I would think so. It's probably fair. Um, yeah. the, uh, the 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 transition's been good? Like you've uh, – it's, it's been pretty seamless for you? Yeah, I mean, I'm comfortable around all the guys. Uh, staff and players so it's been yeah it's been um, more than comfortable making the making the move into it so okay. uh, I'm, I'm really happy so Mike how would you describe your role specifically in training camp you, you talked about going on the ice with the third group and watching the first two sessions so so how would you describe your role and and what you're diving into in these few weeks of camp uh, just looking for anything I could really uh, help the young guys with for the most part. Um, I obviously wasn't in Penticton, so I didn't uh, see any of those games live or anything, but I did watch them uh, online and, and uh, you know, little things I see I can help out with. And then just being on the ice with that third group is is a uh, good experience for me as well. Um, and, uh been a lot of fun so far i am hoping that they uh the young guys are enjoying that and i if they ever need anything from me i'm more than happy to help michael i'm really curious as you make that transition what what do you feel like you can bring like what what do you what are your strengths gonna be as a, a coach obviously you you have the experience you've lived it but how do you then pass that on Uh, well, I mean, I think I'm going to have to learn through that process as well. I mean, I, I like to think I can read the game and understand it pretty well, especially having uh, been just removed from it. So I, I know I know the pace you have to play with. I know how hard in other situations, just little things like that. I'm not going to teach a guy how to uh, pick the puck up in Michigan or anything like that. So I'm not going to be some fancy skills guy. But understanding the game, I think I have a pretty good grasp of that. So that's where I think I that that's where my strengths would be. I would say. I I know you just started working with these guys on the development side, and we did see a you know a more veteran lineup last night in the blowout of the Canucks. But do you? 
do you get nervous watching guys that you you've already been helping coach up a little bit? I wouldn't say nervous. I would say, uh, like I, I was encouraged yesterday watching, uh, um, solo play like he made some really nice plays and didn't look out of place at all so it was really good to see I I, like that's more what I feel like I feel hopeful that they're going to play well and I know they're capable and that's what I am looking for Um, I wouldn't say nervous because okay. they're nervous enough I think some of the young guys right (laughs) for sure first game I don't I don't need to put that on them I uh I know a big part of the appeal that we heard, you know, when the Flames hired you for a development role is the way that you can relate, you know, specifically to the defensemen, but to all young players. So take us back, if if you don't mind. You're you're drafted by the Coyotes in, in 2008. I, I think a relatively big name might have been head coach in Arizona at that point. Take us back to your <laughs> first training camp and what it's like to go into that situation. And my yeah, my first training camp, Wayne was the head coach. Um, it was, I really, I really enjoyed my experience. It, it was, I was a little bit more nervous going into my first uh, September training camp because I had missed the development camp in the summertime. I was still in high school, and we hadn't finished all of our exams or anything like that, so I couldn't make it. I think development camp might have been a bit earlier that okay. year. Yeah. So I, I missed development camp, so it was. I was going into Arizona not knowing anybody, whereas now you get the development camp for those new draft picks. They're more comfortable coming in in September, which you can see already. Um, But I was coming in deer in the headlights, and you got the greatest player ever as your head coach. I played, I want to say, two preseason games that year, I think. Okay. And, uh, yeah, like, it, it was... Uh, a very cool experience. I got to um, play here in Calgary in one of them, and then I knew that they were just going to uh, leave me here to play junior after that game. So it was comfortable. I had people here to watch me, and it was it was a good experience. I, I we had a we had an older team in Arizona those first few right. years I was around too. So it was like some some big older names that were uh, that were buzzing around the ice. So it was cool. I might totally be misremembering, but did you get to play in Winnipeg as well? No, that's a funny story about that, actually. So I was scratched in Winnipeg. Right, because now Wayne I thought, go on. Wayne thought that I was from Calgary. Oh. So he came up. I was sitting in the players' lounge in Winnipeg, and he came up to me and goes, Hey, uh, you're from Calgary, right? I said, No, I'm actually from here. And he was so... Uh, apologetic that I wasn't playing, but to be honest with you, it was totally fine because I got to spend the afternoon at home with my parents where I wouldn't have otherwise. And then I got to play here and they were still, my dad came to the game here anyway. So it was good. Awesome. That is good. Yeah. Is there any, is there anything? Cause we, you know, I, I had a conversation actually with, with Sam Honzek today saying, you know, what it, you're, you're told to be a sponge and, and watch these older players. So, what do you learn? If you go back to your own experience, is there anything you picked up in those first couple of training camps that, that really stuck with you for your entire playing career? Um, I mean, on ice stuff, it would be just 
I mean, you notice the pace right away. You notice the execution right away. Like, there's no passes that are soft and miss for the most part. I mean, unless the ice gets real bad, everything is crisp and on the tape and hard. So that was probably the main thing. Um, off the ice, it's just like, like I said, we had an older team and they were just pros. I, I really enjoyed my time with Shane. Uh, Shane Doan, obviously, I think he's one of the, the greatest captains and one of the greatest guys around. Um, same could be said for Adrian Acoin. I have got nothing but respect for him and how long he played and what he had to do to uh, play as long as he did. Just mm-hmm. like everything that he's gone through injury-wise and that. So it, like, there was a lot of those guys. Ray Whitney, same thing. Like just all those old guys and how how close they were to winning without winning is like heartbreaking so because they deserve it you know yeah we're uh chatting with michael stone in flames player development joining us here on flames talk on this monday if could you even if you weren't teaching could you do the michigan if you if you had all the time in the world i i cannot okay i uh my stick is not conducive for doing (laughs) that's a fair point I've seen your sticks before. That's a good point. I didn't think about that. You know, a carpenter <laughs> is not supposed to blame his tools, Michael. <laughs> I can pick it up on the backhand. I can't pick it up on the forehand. Okay. Yeah. I've knowing knowing those sticks now it, it makes nothing but sense. I you know, it's it's funny. You talk about being at, at your camp and, and being around all those veterans and there's plenty of veterans obviously here on this Flames team. What if 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 you're talking to one of your guys and and one of the the players that you interact with, like what would your message be in terms of what to take away from their first or second training camp? What they 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 may not be in line to make the team, but what's important for them to come away with, or what's important for them to soak up? It, it would be exactly what what I've said. Like you you prepare. Uh, your preparation before practice is like, you're not just putting the skates on and going out there. You got to be ready to go. You got to, everything's got to be tape to tape, always moving. Like it's just the pace of practice should be the way you play in the game. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and take those habits back with you. Don't go back to junior or wherever you're going and relax. Keep playing with that same pace. Cause you're going to make everybody better. Everybody around you is going to have to play at that pace or they're going to not be able to keep up with you, right? So let's just keep that up. And so for you, you're you're working – are you working solely with the D-man? I know that uh, the way that it works, kind of each one of the, the development people get their own group of players. Is, is your group all D? Uh, for the most part, yeah. I mean – uh, I would be working with the D, but if anybody ever asked my opinion on anybody else, I'm more than happy to give it. Yep. Um, I'm not some power forward specialist or anything like that, nor am I a defensive specialist, to be honest. <laughs> uh, but it's like, yeah, I'm willing to give my opinion on everything. If you wanted to ask me about a goalie, I'd tell you what I think too. Yeah. Do Do you find that the, the young D-men that you are working with, like, that, do, do you – 
do you get the sense that they're buying in and they're like, hey, this guy was this guy played game eighty two last year at the highest level. Like he was he was in the last game of the regular season. Do you do you get the sense that they're buying into to what you're saying? Uh, I think it's a little early still. Um, I haven't had a whole lot of time with them on an individual basis. Right. Uh, I, I I mostly just keep checking in and seeing how they're doing, things like that. I think once the season gets started, wherever uh, those guys are playing, I will dive in more on um, what I'm seeing and how I think I can help them improve themselves and we'll go from there so until that happens i i can't really say but i would imagine that if i i I would imagine that i'm respected enough by these guys that they would listen to what i have to say what what's the rest of the uh development staff like i know that you and ray go way back but uh with the other group whether it's marty or or rebecca and and darren like you've uh even the the strength guys like you've you've got a pretty pretty large development group right now what's what's it like working with them yeah it's been awesome i i go way back with a couple actually um my wife's cousin is married to uh Darren's best friend growing up. So I know I've known Darren for quite a while. Um, and then obviously, you know, I've played enough years with jelly to know what, what he's all about too. So it's been, uh, it's been really easy to, to work with everybody, to be honest. Good. And, and it's uh way the, the, cause when you were coming up development staffs, they're, they're, they're rather large these days, like way different than when you were a prospect, hey? Yeah, I remember my first uh, – I, I think my first development staff was only Sean Burke. And then huh. it, it was uh, the American League coaching staff at uh, development camp. So other than that, I don't really we, – we had Dave King come down a little bit when I was in the minors already. So it was just those guys, really. Michael, I know. Uh, <clears throat> excuse me. I know there's a lot of people driving down to see the game tonight that are are curious for their first look at Etienne Moran, Calgary's second round pick in this draft. You, you haven't worked with him a ton, but what are your sort of initial impressions about the the strengths in his game? I uh, obviously he's a offensive player with some some good puck skills and puck poise and whatnot, and. Um, can can run a pretty good power play in, in junior. So he uh, if he continues to uh, improve on that and and uh, improve his skating and that stuff, he will uh, he, he should be able to do that at the next level. So that's that's what I think the goal should be for him and and then continue to improve his defensive game and and uh, just you know he's a young kid so he's got a lot to uh, grow into body wise, player wise stuff like that so he uh he could turn into a really good player and i know you mentioned Ilya Slovyov uh, a few minutes ago he's, he's a guy that that was a a really good story for the wranglers last season became a top pairing guy for them as you sort of dig in on the development side what uh what jumps out about Ilya? he's just a big strong kid that works hard and I think he's he moves quite well for for how big he is and 
and uh, I, I think I think he's got some some real good potential of of being a, a steady defenseman in this league if if he can continue to grow his game. I I, I don't see why uh, why he couldn't couldn't play. So it I I really like him. I I think he's a really good good kid and and he works hard and what what more can you ask for out of that okay last question i'd be remiss if i didn't (laughs) ask because i i know you're such a proud older brother and not many older brothers get Uh, to see their brothers celebrate with the stanley cup for a summer what what did that mean to you to see what your brother accomplished this season with the golden knights it it was really cool i got to get down there for the um final game and it, it was it was just an awesome experience for me because the game was pretty much over after the first period so you could just enjoy it and to have him do what he did in that final game um it, it was just it was just so special and i like it's disappointing that i'm not going to get to do something like that as a player but it is what it is and, and i was really happy for him uh, okay, two quick ones. Braves, uh, the the best team in the majors. How do we how do we feel? I feel pretty good. I'm hoping a um, couple of guys that landed on the IL. It's not too serious there. Uh, I can't imagine it is. They said just a little bit of a flare up on the blister for Max Fried. So hopefully that's nothing. Um, but yeah, they can hit. So yep. let's just keep scoring runs. <laughs> And uh, and this text came in when you mentioned a coin's name because when when a coin was here, everybody talked about his slap shot. So somebody yeah. wants to know: uh, Ask Stoner whose slap shot is harder, his or a coin's? I don't know what uh, Oki ever registered it at, but he was also using a wood stick when he was here. So he was. Um, I don't I don't know. I, I think I could give him a good run, though, if it's not me. Yeah, I, I mean, and the wood stick and, and the sticks, the, like the composite sticks, you probably you probably have a little bit of a leg up anyway. So if, if I you would have said you, we probably would have agreed. Yeah, I, I've i got confidence in myself, but I don't want <laughs> to say for sure. I was going to say, that was a very diplomatic very answer. Very much so. Yeah. <laughs> I try. uh appreciate the time thanks for doing this mike that was uh good to catch up and enjoy the rest of camp hey yeah thank you very much uh michael stone is now in calgary flames development joined in july uh when he officially announced his retirement and it's it's crazy you 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 know mike really well you guys talk about golf all the time and and he's he's just one of the the likable guys most yeah. likable guys that's ever played for the team um but he, i i he has not had a transition period like he just seamlessly went into development was at peace with his retirement knew it was happening and he he seems like it's like a lot of guys struggle with retirement i don't think he's struggling with playing retirement in the slightest i uh every time you see him at the rink he's locked in a conversation with uh, another member of the development staff with someone from the management staff with one of the young players or or even one of his former teammates there there's a lot of excitement about this ad and you know i i know he he downplayed it i think he said he's not an expert on defense well if if you're 
looking to develop young defensemen in a variety of roles. A guy, this is a guy who's played on the power play in yep. his career, who's played on the penalty kill, who has played shutdown minutes, who has been a healthy scratch for long stretches, who has gone through some frustrating and frightening injuries and had to come back from those. Like this is a guy who has lived it and seen it. And if he can pass that on to some of these young blue liners and young players period in the flame system, that's really going to benefit that next wave. Michael Stone joined us inside hockey for Calgary Co-op. This hockey season, support local. Find your all-time classics and locally brewed beers. Visit your local Calgary Co-op wine, spirits, beer today. As we start to wind up this hour of Flames Talk, it's Pat Steinberg, Wes Gilbertson. Wes is on Twitter, at Wes Gilbertson. Thanks to Cam and Taylor for our uh, for being our producers back downtown. And uh, this hour has, as always, been the Sports Drive, brought to you by Calgary Lock and Safe. Save 450 on the Braun EV5922 gun safe. Now just $14.50 or explore the full line of safes at calgarylockandsafe.com.